are listening to Have You Ever Heard Of? A history podcast. You can support us by following us on Patreon, Twitter and Instagram at Have You Ever Pod. Dan. Hi Katie. How's it going on this fine Thursday afternoon? As well as it can be. I'm back at work now so you know I just I'm not I'm not made for, I'm not built for this Katie. <laughs> not really. You bloody contractors and your <laughs> six months on six months off rubbish. Uh, I should have enjoyed the six months more. Shoulda woulda coulda. You started <laughs> working just at the beginning of summer. I know. It's the worst kind of crap is that, yeah. <laughs> and also, like the last contract I had, was, I was working for Haven Holidays, and just, it was lovely. I mean, like it suited the name. It was just a lovely experience. Not sponsored. <laughs> yeah, I'm working for like a major corporation, and it's just, yeah. Ugh, ugh. How are you doing anyway? I'm fine. I'm, uh, I hope this is my one day a week at home. Yeah, just chilling out. It is, is incredibly hot. Last week we said it was hot. But since we recorded that episode, yeah. it's got even hotter. It hit the record in the UK, which is now 40.3, which is just complete insanity. My house has heated up to a level where it's no longer cooling down. Yeah, same. <laughs> it's just like at this temperature of about 26, like constantly. Basically, if you live in London, you live in like an oven. Like that's what yeah. London flats are. On the surface of the sun. Yeah. yeah. It's, uh, <laughs> it's lovely. I get it. Like, insulation is a good thing, but the problem is, is these flats are really well insulated, which means when we have like a 40 degree day, it's going to be 40 degree in the flat forever. It will, ne- it will, never, it will never end now. This is it. This Until is it, it gets to winter and then it's like minus yeah, yeah. a million and then we'll start complaining about how cold it is. Yeah. So you guys have that to look forward to. Um, another question for you, Dan, is did you enjoy your birthday party, for- even though it wasn't Hasn't been your birthday yeah. yet, but you know. From what I remember, it was great. <laughs> I was gonna say, how much do you remember? I was, I was done by like, like the second from before last pub, like way, way before we got into the club, before we went to Underworld. We said we weren't going to come to Underworld, and then we ended yeah. up <laughs> there till the end. I don't know if you remember Bring Me to Life, but that was the highlight of my <laughs> whole experience. Oh, such a tune! Such a tune! It was amazing. Anything coming up this week that's exciting to tell the listeners about? I'm going to see the um, the Sister Act musical. The Sister Act. Musical. <laughs> Not Sister Act, The Sister Act. No, The Sister Act musical. Yeah, but like, isn't it just Sister Act? There's no the at the front. Yeah, no, but like, I, I'm like talking about like, it as a musical, so I put the there, right? Oh, I see, I yeah, see, yeah, The yeah. Sister Act musical. yeah. yeah. Now I get it. Cool, that sounds fun. I'm going to the proms next, well, next week, so I went to the we'll have another episode So I heard from your girlfriend. Oh yeah, because you're in a little WhatsApp group <laughs> little now. WhatsApp group now. <laughs> <laughs> that we made while we were drunk. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, that sounds amazing. We're actually going to the one that's like video game music. Oh man, that sounds amazing. Yeah, it's going to be sick. You should come, just prom, just on the day. <laughs> yeah, I could just be a promenader, couldn't I? A promenade. <laughs> Wait in line for tickets. 
my girlfriend's friend just works for a lord. I don't know what she does. That's her job. She just works <laughs> for a lord. And then, like, and he owns two seats at the... Um, oh, so those So basically, people. we just said, mm-hmm. yeah, we, that, so that we went yesterday after. But he sells them, I think. It's like, that's part of, like, his look, like, her duties as a, as a lord's... Whatever. Assistant? Assistant. I guess I don't think she's like I don't think she's like quite a butler. <laughs> I think it's just like ad I think it's just admin she does. I don't think she like runs this bath or like <laughs> I don't know. Somebody I, does though. Yeah, someone does. I doubt yeah. he runs his own yeah, yeah, bath. Definitely not. Maybe he does. If anyone out there knows a lord if, Or if you are a lord. <laughs> or if you are a lord, can you ask them if like do you run your own baths? So like, I really need what, to know. If you do have a butler, what duties? Is a butler expected to perform? And what, what duties should a butler not perform? Like, what is, like, like going above and beyond? Like, if, if, like, a lord is asking a butler to do it, are they, like, being cheeky? I think, like, a butler is different to, for example, like, a footman or a maid. Yeah. But a footman... Does a footman exist anymore? Don't they just kind of walk in front of, like... I'm... No, no, I'm sure footmans exist somewhere. No, that's a whole different thing. Okay. You need to watch more Downton. <laughs> <laughs> or any Downton. Yeah, just any Downton, too. Or Upstairs, Downstairs, the original Downton, which is so much better. I have it on DVD, the whole thing. Really? The complete series. Yeah. Should we talk about history? Yeah, we've gone off. <laughs> that's that. not Downton. Yeah, that is kind of history. I mean, that was a bit of a relevant intro this time. Yeah, a little uh, bit. <laughs> Segway. <laughs> so... I'm just doing what I always do, just pirates. Pirates and criminals. Oh my god, my mum asked if you were going to do a pirate. <laughs> I can't help myself. <laughs> it's just like, yeah. I just I just come across so many of them. Just in your daily life. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I just I live on, this, on the high seas um, <laughs> in the 1700s. That's where I live. So yeah, I mean, like, this kind of fits the remit in, like, two, in, in, like, in two ways. As, okay. as, I, 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 as you'll find out. Okay, let's do it. So first I set the scene. I mean, like I, okay. I know I've done this before. I've set the scene like multiple times in all the pirate episodes I've done. This isn't my first pirate rodeo. But still, <laughs> it but... definitely won't be your last. <laughs> For dramatic effect, let's just do it again. So the time is the early 18th century. And it's a time of revolting wealth disparity. Mm-hmm. A little like today. <laughs> Feudalism had only just ended, and so the aristocracy was very, very much still on top. Of course, the growth of these first tendrils of capitalism didn't open the opportunity for the commoner, the astute artisan, the tenacious trader, to kind of break through. But really, society was still rather stacked against the commoners of Britain. If you weren't a landowner, you were basically just nothing. <laughs> and for this reason... Was it really so much a surprise that men and women might turn to crime to better their position? And <gasps> crime on the high seas was undoubtedly <laughs> the most lucrative form of crime you could partake in at this time. Now, you could be a legal pirate, a legal criminal. When Britain went mm-hmm. to war with their enemies, France, mm-hmm. Spain, usually, would-be pirates could load up their private ships and become a private appendage of the Royal Navy engaged in privateering. All with the privateering of a royal blessing. Get in there. Enjoy yourselves. <laughs> but when the rules were over, no such blessing existed. When sailors are being made redundant, left, right and centre, 
and the, the state that's practically non-existent, let alone giving a damn. I mean, like you, you have very few options. You are properly desperate. And if mm-hmm. sailing, if privateering is all you can do, then surely you can't let the powers that be tell you you can no longer do what you what you do. I mean, that's what you yeah. do. <laughs> and so piracy became the saviour of the destitute and the downtrodden. As historian Colin Woodward explains in his book, The Republic of Pirates, during their lifetimes, pirates like Edward Blackbeard Thatch, or Teach, I mean, we don't know his name, and Abony <laughs> were romanticised. They were folk heroes, says Woodward. Though the authorities characterised pirates as devils and demons, enemies of all mankind, Woodward says many colonial citizens supported them. People saw pirates as Robin Hood figures, sucking it to the man on their behalf. Ooh. Foot, no, footnote, go and listen to our episode on Anne Bonny. Oh, yeah, it's a, that's a wild ride. But Woodward also says piracy wasn't just a profession, it was a lifestyle and a political cause. Many of the men who turned to piracy were escaped slaves and indentured servants. But others turned to piracy too. As Woodward says, ordinary people were upset about the growing gap between rich and poor and the growing authoritarian power of the British Empire. Sounds familiar, no? Though, <laughs> a hanging offence unless one bribed officials. Piracy was an attractive option for men in desperate circumstances with some knowledge of seafaring and a deep loathing of, for authority. Now, Steve Bonnet did not fit this bill. <laughs> <laughs> because Steve was born to a moderately wealthy, land-owning family in Bridgetown, Ooh. Barbados, on the 29th of July, 1688. They of course me. it was Barbados. Of course. He was bestowed with all the advantages of a liberal education and later joined the army, well, more likely the militia. It wasn't the property. Like, he's like a territorial. He's like, what's his name? Marc Francois. Just always going on about his military service. You're a TA, mate. Anyway, get over it. Anyway, if you're in the TA, I'm sorry. I don't mean that. I've got a friend in the TA. Sounds lovely. Anyway. <laughs> Reaching the high rank of major after retiring from the army or the militia or the TA, um, <laughs> uh, Steed bought an estate and settled in as a member of respectable society. He married a decent woman. He had himself a mm. brood of three children and lived happily in a droll, sat- settled family life. Okay, interesting. But like I think many of us are coming to realise, this kind of life uh, entails. He was not happy because after 10 years of family dirge, it's believed he had some kind of breakdown. A contemporary account of Steed's career suggests that some discomforts he found in the married state led to this humour of going a pirating. I suppose the time of high seas was also a time of high sexism. But it's unlikely that a nagging wife, in inverted commas, alone could be enough to drive a law abiding gentleman to piracy. David Moore? an archaeologist and historian with the North Carolina Maritime Museum, believes our seas was heavily in debt. According to a legal record, Bonnet borrowed £1,700 or $400,000 in today's <gasps> money. No, it isn't. Yeah. How did he borrow Big that from? I mean, like, I guess if you're part of the club, get away yeah, you want, Yeah, right? I guess. I want to be part of that club. <laughs> uh, around 1717. Some believe this suggests that perhaps his sugar plantation had been ruined by a hurricane or a natural disaster which necessitated borrowing such a heavy sum. However, it's possible that he just borrowed that sum to buy a boat and set up his pirate ship. I mean, that's what mm. others suggest. But anyway, 
Woodward also reports, from the genealogical record, we know that there have been disruptions in his life. One of his children had died, perhaps enough to cause some form of breakdown? I don't know. Ultimately, Woodward believes that Bonnet's conversion to piracy stemmed from a combination of personal pressures and politics. So basically, you believe that Bonnet was probably a Jacobite sporting James Stewart, uh... that whole that whole chest chestnut. That whole chestnut. Yeah. So we're in the early, yeah, early 1700s. Yeah, um, yeah okay. I mean, like, and there is evidence to suggest that's true. Uh, as I mean, the, late, the name of his later ship would suggest that, but we will get onto that because he, he has a different name for, at first of all. But whatever his uh, motivations, Steed seems pretty hell-bent on a life of piracy. The problem is he wasn't much of a pirate. To start with, <laughs> he was very much a landlubber. Sure. <laughs> Just a small problem. <laughs> He'd had a little military experience at the TA. I mean, he'd never oh, been God. on a boat except as a passenger. Also, if you're going to go into piracy, you are generally expected to seize your first ship by force, you know? Get your name out Yeah. There. Make sure that your name <laughs> strikes dread into the hearts of your future foes. What you're not supposed to do is buy a boat. <laughs> if you buy a boat, what you basically are is the pirate version of the Offspring song, Pretty Fly for a White Guy. <laughs> so he bought himself a sloop and named the vessel Revenge. I mean, he had no enemy to re- against whom to revenge himself, but you know, Revenge sounds like a good pirate ship name. So he was just it, like, does, it does sound like a good pirate ship I mean, name. That, that'll yeah. do. That's pretty piratey. You know, he was trying too hard, <laughs> but he's not quite hip. But in his own mind, he's the pirate ship. That's what's going on. <laughs> that was. How long were you working on that? <laughs> Just came to me. Just came to me. <laughs> <laughs> After that, he armed himself with ten cannons. I mean, like, how do you? How does one go about in the 1700s? How does one go about buying ten cannons? That's what I, I mean. Know. If you've got the money and you're part of the club, yeah, that's true. You are part of the club. The cannon shop, I guess. I mean, I, I guess it's the Americas. <laughs> I mean, like maybe then and still now. I don't know. No doubt, probably. American listeners, I know that there's quite a lot of you out there, actually. Where would one buy a cannon? How easy is it to buy a smoothbore 12-pound ca- pound a cannon like, in America? Can you just go into like any Walmart and it's just... You can just buy assault section. rifles, you can buy 12-pound of cannons, just, it's just all out. Some milk. Display. <laughs> yeah. That's what I want to know. He also grew, hired a crew of 70, and I mean he hired a crew... Because oh, Steve mm-hmm. did not know how to be a pirate. He didn't realise that pirates are partners in the criminal enterprise, not employees. They weren't independent contractors. But that is how, precisely, Steed treated them. Much like the labourers back on his farm, he decided to pay his pirates a wage. Now, to get away with this, he had to be like hiring the dregs. Like, the pirates that were literally being like picked last for pirating. Like, in, when you're playing pirating, you're like, I'll take Peglake's pool over there. I will take one-eyed <laughs> Eastern over there. And then, like, you just get left with kind of, like, Fat Frank, just at the end. It's like, can I be a pirate? And they're like, yeah, you can have Frank. No, I don't really want Frank. You can have Frank. So, basically, Steed had to have Frank. That's how it, like, that's how it ended. Right, okay. Yeah, still, unsurprisingly, his pirates thought very little of, uh, of our old steed. So surely, surely, the clueless steed and his B team of pirates wouldn't see full fat on their, flat on their faces. Oh no, strangely. Evidently, our steed somehow managed to find himself a talented quartermaster 
and officer who essentially just ran everything for him. And I mean everything. If Steve gave an order, the pirates would just like laugh it off. And then the officers would need to like repeat the order and it to get the ragtag bunch of cutthroats to do anything. <laughs> and when they were motivated, it seemed they were weirdly quite effective because the revenge quickly captured several ships which were loaded down with the treasures of the transatlantic trade. After these early successes, Steve and his crew sailed south to Honduras, well-known pirate hangout, to spend their booty, or, you know, their wages, if you were the crew. <laughs> so, while piling it up down in Honduras, he met Blackbeard. Now, Blackbeard was a proper pirate. He had worked his way up from a lowly deckhand deck to the captain of his own ship, which he had taken himself. No shortcuts. No using that family's monies. And this bad boy was a 40-gun frigate called the Queen Anne's Revenge because he was like a proper Jacobite. So he gave it like a proper Jacobite name. Mm-hmm. And unlike Steed, Blackbeard cultivated a reputation as a psychopath, a legend, a figure <laughs> whose name, mere name, could strike fear into the hearts of the most hardy sailors. Yeah, everything, everything Steed wanted to be. Usually he was, but was not. And <laughs> so, as you would expect, Steed was rather starstruck to meet this hero of the high seas. More unexpectedly, Blackbeard seemed to be either intrigued or entertained by this utter non-pirate, so much so that he invited Steed onto a ship as his guest. He knew he was dealing with Amateur. I mean, maybe guest isn't quite accurate, because it was kind of more a prisoner. Sure, Steed was allowed to wander freely on the deck of the Queen Anne, but he wasn't allowed to return to the revenge. Instead, Blackbeard sent, Blackbeard sent one of his lieutenants to Captain Steed's ship, a welcome change in management as far as the crew were concerned. The stout upper-class bonnet, Blackbeard explains, was not suited to be a pirate captain and would do better to relax on board the larger ships and suffer the trouble of commanding his own. Mm-hmm. And while he played the affable gentleman with the stiff upper lip on board the Queen Anne, his true feelings were hurt and he plotted revenge on his host. When Blackbeard docked, his fleet in North Carolina, he persuaded Bonnet to go ashore and receive amnesty from the pirate-friendly governor, Eden. War with France had just commenced, so Steed figured he could get in on some of that sweet privateering action. This way, he could become captain again and reclaim his, his crew. Only things weren't to be so straightforward, because when he returned, he found that Blackbeard had stripped the revenge of everything of value, leaving little more than a husk. Oh, no. Well, was... I mean... <laughs> Well, he doesn't know what he's doing, does he? I mean, like, yeah. I mean, it it probably took him a while to realise the stuff he'd taken was valuable. I mean, he was like, it still floats. So that's pretty much it. (laughs) Blackbeard was also marooned some 25 crew members on a small island. So Steve took up command of the boat once more, rescued his former crewmates, and after some rearming, sent off to tackle the French. Only the war wasn't quite as lucrative as he hoped. (laughs) Not long had passed before, he renamed the ship to Royal James and changed his name to Captain Thomas. There you go. Name change. Ah, there's the new identity. And returned to the piracy that he kind of was no good at before. This time around, though, he wasn't so bad at it, apparently. It seems he'd learned from the psychopathic Blackbeard. He exercised great command. And fully understood the role Fear played in in successful piracy. He exhibited such skills as abusing his crew, killing prisoners and threatening civilians. So Barnett had finally gained a fearsome reputation of his own. 
But with the reputation comes a target. As word spread about the gentleman pirate, the government of South Car- the governor of South Carolina commissioned Colonel William Rett to capture him, commanding two sloops, the Henry with seventeen men, led by Captain Masters and the Sea Nymph. I mean, like that's not hmm. like the most terrifying name, but anyway. No, uh, I guess like if you had a ship, what would you call it? I mean, not like nymph. I'd call it like. Hmm. It's just harder than you think. You can't just kind of yeah. come up with it like that. And like the siren would be better because, like, yeah, you know, the that... siren's like cool. You know, you and you get, you know, murdered. <laughs> yeah. Whereas nymph, they're more like exactly. Friendly. Yeah, that's just like that's just fun times. <laughs> <laughs> Is that like David Jones' locker or something? I don't know. <laughs> that's pretty good. That is pretty good. <laughs> death, 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 death on the water. Anyway, Rhett set out to catch Bonnet and cornered Bonnet at the mouth of, of Cape Fear River. Cape Fear? I mean, like, is that one film, you reckon, where the remake is better than the original? Not one film, but one of the rare films. Uh, one of the rare films. I mean, like, but I, I haven't seen the first one. I haven't seen the I mean, original. they are both quite good. They're very close. But I think just Robert De Niro being menacing just kind of, like, edges it. Because he is just menacing. In general. Yeah. Anyway, enough Robert De Niro talk. I love Robert De Niro. But anyway, moving on. Though the now clearly more belligerent Bonnet threatened he would blow himself and the ship up before he would surrender. I mean, like, that is not what Steve would have been doing before. He has changed 100%. His men just overruled him and gave themselves up as prisoners. So maybe he didn't really have the total command over his control that, mm, that he no. chose. Anyway... And although he was being hunted, I mean, like, kind of adding insult to injury, Rhett was kind of surprised to find Stephen on board because he thought he was chasing Charles Vane. <laughs> Mistaken identity. He was like, all these ships have come to get me. I am now the feared pirate. Steve Bonnet. Or, you know, Captain Thomas. That's not, as good. That's not even as good, that name. Why would you change No, it's not. Rubbish? Why did he change? It's like, he changed it. From something that was like kind of cool yeah. to something that was kind of crap. <laughs> so just something that was just like really, just a really normal name, just like Colin. I'm the feared pirate Colin. I mean, nah. <laughs> but so anyway, he thought he'd finally, you know, made himself a feared pirate. He's like, they're coming for me. They're j- j- like chasing me down, and they turned up and went, "We have a Charles Vane." He's like, um, Steve Bonnet, and they're like, "Oh uh, yeah, you'll do. Yeah, you're on, you're on the list." So. We'll take you in. <laughs> On the list. So, it would seem the gentleman pirate could never quite reach the heights of his rougher contemporaries. Of course, in custody, Bonnet tried to use his upper-class background to appeal to the governor for mercy. After all, the boys' club always sticks together. Mm-hmm. And the police and appeals went on for a, a long time after his men had been hung. But in this case, unlike today, it would seem, it didn't work. Finally convicted of piracy, Steve Bonnet was hanged on the 10th of December, 1718, <gasps> after less than two years of adventure on the high seas. Oh, that didn't go well, did oh, it? He sucked. He absolutely sucked. Bonnet's <laughs> execution came a month after Blackbeard had made his own bloody end in a battle with the, uh, with the Royal Navy. The man he'd revowed, he's vowed revenge on, but had never been able to catch because poor old Steed was such a shit pirate. There you have it. 
the gentleman pirate, the ultimate midlife crisis, the bored respectable family man, but shit, had he stuck to the bulls, banquets and bonnie wife, we wouldn't have a clue who he is today. Here's you, Steve Bonnet, from this bored middle class work- office worker. Wow. So he, let me just break this down. He got a wife. Yeah. They had some kids. Yeah. He got bored. Yeah. He tried something that he'd never done before. Yeah. And then he got hanged. <laughs> yeah, that was it. I mean, any, any info about like what the wife or kids did? No, just like, they just no. history. She probably just got married again, remarried or something. Yeah, probably, yeah. Just kind I of guess if she was, you know, well off that, enough. Change that name, because her bonnet name yeah. has been tarnished now. But I mean, like, it is still better than married life, right? Um, I won't tell your girlfriend you said that. <laughs> <laughs> After having helped plan a wedding, yeah. um, if those are listeners that don't know, I'm very excited because my brother is about to get married. I'm the maid of honour for his wonderful fiance, who I love to death. Yeah. I'm never getting married. <laughs> well, I mean, <laughs> like, like, so long in planning a wedding. Yeah, God, yeah. It takes ages. And it's so day. expensive, yeah, man. That one day is fun, especially if you're a guest and there's exactly, a Exactly, yeah. If, you're, if it's actually your wedding, then you just worry. Well, this, this is my first time in a wedding party. Yeah, really? I've never been a bridesmaid before. I've never been maid of honour before. A lot of... You've met most of my friends. None yeah. of them are married. Are <laughs> <laughs> getting but, out there at some point? Some of them. Yeah, I've got, I've got one... I've got a couple of... Yeah, a couple of... Um, engaged friends actually no i did go to one wedding in america but i wasn't part of the the bridal party but i was like in the limo and stuff oh so i that's, yeah that's i got to matters. do that bit yeah <laughs> being in the limo that's all that matters but i mean like managing like a your, your land i guess is probably quite similar to being an office job and if, i mean i like, doing what i do now or being a pirate i would probably prefer being a pirate i'd just rather get hung I mean, i'd be happy to pirate for a couple of years and get hung rather than just do this forever yeah i it's mean it's a bad day it's a bad day <laughs> i'd rather do what i do <laughs> to be honest because i get to have pretty good days most days and also i get really seasick <laughs> yeah i'm not really gonna see i mean like, i have to be maybe not exactly a pirate. <laughs> anyway that was fun it was a wild ride um like one of those people from history where you're just like he encountered obviously one of the most famous pirate maybe the most yeah. famous pirate of all time and then just had to hang out with him yeah just like this <laughs> is Blackbeard like, just like menacing people doing? him just like popping out from the side of him going yeah <laughs> <laughs> but there's a series now a comedy I can't I don't know what stream services are and I haven't watched it yet but about Steve Bonnet and Blackbeard yeah, it's our flag means death. That's the one. Yeah, cool. Yeah, look it up. Our flag means death about Steve Bonnet and Blackbeard, and maybe one day you'll actually get round to doing a Blackbeard episode. <laughs> I feel like it's been covered so much in the other episodes. Yeah, it's been so much, but I a combination will. at some mm. point I'll when it falls into our remit. Yeah, <laughs> that would be like the last series that we do. Will be like we've run out of people. <laughs> And it'll just be all the people that we've been saying that we'll we'll cover at some point. Speaking of um, choosing people, you can help us with that. If you go onto our Patreon and join our patrons uh, for one English pound a month, then you can help us choose our series. We've got a poll out at the moment between three different categories, and we'd love to know what you would prefer. 
Uh, also, you should follow us on Twitter and Instagram. We're going to do such a better job of keeping that updated. He says. At Have You Ever Pod. Yeah, and follow us wherever you're listening to this, and we'll see you next time. Bye! Bye.